One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. This week's Dumpty Dum is from Marie Bray, and we are sponsored not by a manager, or maybe she is, Joanne Smith, who sponsored us via PayPal. This is Dumpty Dum, a show about the reality docudrama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. Royfield has eaten too many mince pies, so I'm Philippa Hall, stepping in for today like David's overcooked vegetables. But do not fear, I am here, your perfectly crispy Yorkshire pudding. I'm Jacqueline Berto in Sanguen in Brittany, France. And on this episode, we'll hear from Rob Williams, Ambridge Pony Club, our Jen, who has called in twice, Brian Holding, Claire from Clapper. Catherine, otherwise known as Icod on the Twitters, Richard Beveridge, who's on the Isle of Arran, Witherspoon, and a call that came in too late for last week's show, but is still very relevant this week, from Francesca in Cardiff, and an email from Purple Pumpkin. Plus, of course, as usual, we have Tweet of the Week from Purple Pumpkin, our Theo, and we have the social media roundup from our Sui, who gets to speak to us twice this week. Don't forget, if you search for Dumpty Dum on YouTube, you'll be able to find hours of videos 
Radio, where the lovely Mr. Brown interviews the Archers actors. Personally, I recommend the interview with Michael Lumsden, who plays Alistair. It was a great piece of work. And of course, we should be wishing a very warm welcome to our new members of our Facebook group. Now, I know Royfield says this every week, and it's me this time. We need your dum de dums to give us a bank of tunes that we can play in the future. So if you fancy singing with your friends or your family, or tooting your tin whistle, or sending us a full orchestral rendition of Barwick Green, please send it to us. It will be most welcome. And hello, Philippa Hall. <laughs> hello, Jacqueline. How are you? <laughs> I'm fine. I've just just recovering from my whirlwind trip to uh, London, which I managed to pick up a cold. But hey ho! How lovely to have you uh, back. Welcome back to Dumpty Dum Towers. Thank you. Do you do know there are some important, very important topics that we need to discuss before we hear from Sue and the all important colourinners? The first one is, so, <clears throat> and I know you're a sweet fan, you like uh, <laughs> cake, etc. So where do you stand on the scone scone gate? Jam or cream first? I'm sorry, it's got to be the jam first and then the cream, because otherwise, how can you tower enough cream on the top of the jam? It's just not um, practical. My argument completely. You see, Royfield, now you've got two uh, Dumpty Dum hosts against you. And I think actually 70% of his poll that he did a few few weeks ago. But the story continues and there's a great thread on uh, the Facebook page about uh, an American, oh, forgive me, I've forgotten your name, uh, who uh, did the experiment making scones and piling cream and jam yes yeah fabulous i just love that the fact that that, that, what's important for 2022 how do you eat your scone scone (laughs) absolutely it's a cliffhanger and something we must all vote immediately (laughs) so how is this week in ambridge for you philippa well it's not what i expected from the week normally the week before New Year's Day, there's a sort of a cliffhanger building up and I'm, you know, getting really excited and insisting that that I listen to Sunday evening's episode. And of course, it, it was Kerry Davis's writing, which is always super, but I don't know. If the cliffhanger is the proposal, then... I'm oh. going to need a lot of scones to recover from. <laughs> They're definitely playing that one out, aren't they? It's been a bitty week, hasn't it? But mm. I keep saying that. I said that for the last three weeks. <laughs> definitely lots of funny stories. And I think Brian, later on, um, Boogie Squires, has uh, expresses my sentiments. Exactly. <laughs> but before we continue our chat, let's look at the week in Ambridge from our Sui, Queen or Tart. <laughs> Hello lovely people, it's Sui, Queen of Tart on the Twitters here, and another week in Ambridge. It's been a very confusing week, especially when it comes to romance. But let's start with Brookfield, where Jill is back in the fold, but had nothing to do with Christmas lunch. Did you think that was possible? Because I didn't. There were various heated discussions over Ben deferring his nursing course to the next intake in September, which seems infinitely sensible to me. But David knows best and is understandably miffed to have not been told that there was even a discussion going on without him. He'll get over it. Ben will train Bess and do some work at the Laurels, so or somewhere very similar. Tony turned up at Brookfield with a guitar gifted by Lillian, which he had received in very bad grace, and got a sound telling off by Pat, which then got smashed in a not-quite-rock-and-roll fashion by Leonard and the wind in the door. But, of course, Leonard is a master luthier and he'll be able to fix it. Chelsea and Brad attempted to get both Tracy and Jazza not to propose 
a time when they wanted to, for very good reasons in their minds at least. The orangery would have been lovely, for example, as would the New Year's Eve bash. But we'll never know what happens on New Year's Eve because it's Saturday, so there would be no archers. I suppose they meant well. And Follen told Ed and William of George's teenage crush, which he inevitably denied. That's all going to end in tears. This was followed up by Will describing his best Christmas ever when he got a stolen bike, which turned out to be Tracy's, which, let's be honest, was probably nicked before she got it. How can she not have noticed him riding around the village? Inquiring minds want to know. Ben, in the meantime, did Rosie's project of Jack and the Beanstalk in a shoebox far, far too well. Kenton, remarkably, was very good to David and told him to cut both Ben and self him slack. This is very confusing and totally out of character. So, as I say, a confusing thing. Till next week, then, and have a happy new year, my dears. Really brilliant. Thank you very much, Suey, and a happy new year to you. So, shall we get on with the important bit? Come on, then. We better had. Who are we going to play first this week, Philippa? Well, Jacqueline, first of all, we have our Rob, who is calling about Rosie and her crafting creation. Hello, Ambridge 3962. Hello, dumpty dummers around the world. Indeed, hello and a happy new year to you all. How nice it is to hear Philippa again. Could this be a foreshadowing of future events? <laughs> Royfield did say that his renewed tenure would only be temporary. Could dumpty dum's future lie in the hands of Philippa and Jacqueline? Are we seeing the dawning of the age of Falacaline? But <laughs> back to Ambridge. <laughs> This must be the silly season for script writers, but one thread did resonate for me. It was the Rosie's homework bit and the dilemma regarding how much help the adults, well, Ben and Pip, should give. It reminded me of a competition when I was in primary school way back in the last millennium. It was a cake-making competition. My entry was a simple sponge cake with a layer of jam in the middle and covered in white icing. It was decorated in a multicolour polka dot pattern made up by the addition of a packet of Smarties. All the entries were lined up, in, lined up in the school hall and I was blown away by the standard of the other entries. Surprisingly enough though, I won. To this day I remember that the prize was a box of Quality Street. My mother said that I probably won because my cake looked like it had actually been made by me. <laughs> the irony is that the only contact I'd had with that cake was handing the box over to the teacher before the competition. I do appreciate that the moral of this story may be a wee bit confused. <laughs> Still, here's to an interesting, in a good way, 2023. Take care. Yeah, I like that. I like that, Rob. But I'm sorry, I, it could be Jackie rather than Falacaline. Falacaline is too close to other words. I think he spent a lot of time analysing this, but I like the combo. Yeah, me too. Whatever, whatever. Whenever you want to go with <laughs> yeah, Rob. we'll take it. Now, what a great story as well that um, it looked like. Now, I do. Uh, have you had to do uh, your children's projects for them? I have a very embarrassing story, Jacqueline, and I'll be brief about it. But basically, when my youngest was at her first nursery, she was less than a year old. Oh, for goodness She sake. got given homework, which was to produce um, a, a poster about what? Europe. And I, I, I don't know what I was thinking of, but I just spent the whole of Sunday creating this incredible thing. And when they put it on their wall of, you know, special, items I was so thrilled and happy and I just look back and think 
that that's early motherhood where you just can't think <laughs> clearly at all. What was I doing? No, definitely not. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have to say that about 10 years ago, when uh, my now 21-year-old was doing her project, the French school system changed. And to get through your brevet, which is the equivalent of GCSEs, but not really, they put in a lot of connected courses where you had to do uh, your uh, maths, your art, your science and everything. It was all connected. And so in history, we made a story, a book about some people, some Breton people during the First World War uh, and during the Second World War with all the maths. Uh, the resistance, mm. the resistance people. And so we had to make a, she had to make, and it was a we. I'll tell you what, I've never worked so hard in my life. <laughs> I've, never, I've never admitted to anyone that it was me that stayed up until midnight <laughs> making these little models of a forest with gunmen and uh, British army soldiers. Hide. It was like, you think it was aloelo? That was me living aloelo. <laughs> Oh, I've been, I've done terrible things. You know, I've written thank you letters when the kids were much younger using my left hand. So it looked like their handwriting and, and all sorts. But why would, why would a school give a young child homework and not Crazy. expect the parents to do it? It's just, I, uh, I think, I think we can safely say our Pip isn't a helicopter parent. She's, she's not yeah, doing what she I is. Did. But also what I really liked was the fact that Ben did it and he loved it and he liked that fact that he could, you know, I'm a crafter, I make lots of things and uh, I love the fact that you set off with a project, you lose your head, you might have Radio 4 or Drama of the Week or whatever on in the background, but you actually lose yourself in it and Ben discovered that and I think that's what a lot of us need yeah uh, you know you need to get on with things and forget about the crap in the world the pressure that's put on you so that, good for Ben but not so good for Rosie <laughs> and rubbish for the school for giving a four-year-old homework if all the photos on the parents whatsapp were showing these works of art I think Ben should have <laughs> sent his in and like me it could have been on the you know the wall of fame and he could have felt happy about it <laughs> Uh, maybe, I but know. I think uh, Ben's... Ben, I, I like the character and I think he's too honest for that. So True. I was looking for... I thought that he should make another one that was rubbish, that was more due to be, have been done by a four-year-old, but he should keep the original one that he did as a kind of thing for him, but maybe they don't have another shoebox. <laughs> Well, that would be a bit of a shame if they don't. But uh, Indeed. Yeah, that was a great first call, Rob. Thank you so yeah. much for that. Thank you, Rob. And a happy new year to you, Rob. Yes, happy new year. And next we have Jen, our Ambridge Pony Club, who's called twice this week, first with a lovely observation about Archer's fans. Greetings all dumpty dummers. Uh, Jen here. I'm going to be very cheeky and do two calls this week because um, I have something to, I want to say about the show. But I also just wanted to say thank you so much to everybody on the Twitters um, and in the Dumpty Dum family for all the support and company when I was stuck in an isolation room um, in an Irish hospital for a week uh, with pneumonia. And it was really nice to have people that I could be annoying at 2am or 3am or whatever. And you're a marvellous community very kind bunch and thank you so much for everything and also thank you to Royfield for the really charming extra episode we had with the Dumpty Dum family and all those great clips from the past um that was superb and thank you to Jacqueline and Royfield for going the extra mile and uh recording on Christmas Eve uh above and beyond the call of duty so 
wishing everybody a very happy new year and I would encourage you all I've never met an Archers fan who wasn't a really nice person so do come along to Dumpty Dum Live I'm looking forward to that and um, let's all have a really good time in 2023 oh oh poor Jen I mean she really struggled in the run up to mm. Christmas and she's got those two young boys I felt so sorry for her being mm. feeling so poorly and unable to sleep. I'm a non-sleeper, so we had a lot of conversations in the middle of the night. Um, mm. uh, and I think I agree with everything she said. I've never met or spoken with an Archers fan who isn't just lovely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's not just the podcast, the Archers and Dumpty Dum. It's just lovely Archers listeners. I mean, when I had to stop posting dum-de-dum because my son's illness oh my goodness the kindness of people it was it's just sort of overwhelming it's yeah so I agree with Jen and Jen I, I do hope you're recovering now back at yeah. home and uh getting some strength back and reading lots of books yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes and that's your thing well I quite agree <laughs> I hope she's as well yeah. I hope she's taken on both our uh, uh recommendations yeah. so uh Pippa are you likely to be able to make Birmingham in April it's in my diary it's happening yes I can't Ooh. wait to to Ooh, see everyone face brilliant. to face because we've done all these zooms and you know all these conversations but yeah. to meet everyone that's going to be a, a very special time so what's your dum-de-dum vintage Obviously, like so many people, I was listening to The Archers when my parents listened to it. But then, I mean, I was living in Jamaica and I would listen to it then and ever since. So I, when I first started listening to it on my own, I was probably 2021 20, and would listen to The Omnibus on a Sunday. And it's just it's just been it's part of me, you know, it just feels wrong if I don't yeah. listen to it. But I have to say, having found out a few days ago that I was co-hosting this episode with you, I going back and re-listening to the episodes this week, hearing it for a second or a third time, there's so many little bits that you pick up that you don't get the first time yeah. round. Is that the same for you? Yeah, absolutely the same. I, I listen the first time round when I'm walking the dogs in the morning and then I usually in the afternoon when I'm having a cup of tea, I sit down and listen again. And then on usually on a Sunday afternoon, because Royfield and I in general, when we're not uh, bothered by Christmas or New Year, uh, record on a Sunday evening. So I sit down, listen to the calls and I listen to the whole omnibus through again. I make my notes and everything. So I've, I've had it at least three times and it's good. But what I want to know is when did you start listening to Dum De Dum? Oh, gosh. Uh, now, I wasn't an OG like you, but I was yeah. early on. It wasn't episode mm. one, but it was it was early on. I started calling in fairly early on as well. It was a good few years before I started um, co-hosting. So, yeah, Dum De Dum has been important to me. For yeah. a long time, but you were you were you episode one or episode two? You started well. In listening? fact, episode two, I found it. Obviously, I then listened to episode one, and I remember exactly where I was in February 2017, as I was driving along the M11 in the UK, and I listened to Dum Dee Dum, and our lovely Millie Bell, the much oh, loved yeah, and much missed, much missed Lily, yeah. Millie Bell, said uh, she did the social media roundup, and she said, and Jacqueline Bertrand. Oh, I was so excited that I'd made the airway. 
so, you know, I do have a long history with Dum De Dum and I have to say I'm a, because I'm a complete Archers fan, but I'm also a complete fan of um, Dum De Dum and I just love the fact that Roy Fields and people like you have given me the chance to do this uh, podcast. You know, it's just brilliant. When you first started doing it earlier this year, it was, it was May, wasn't it? As you May, said, yeah. yeah. Was it what you imagined <laughs> when you actually sat down and started recording? Uh, well, I don't know because I've had lots of conversations with Roy Fields over the years and Roy Fields called me a couple of times when my daughter died um, and I was stuck in um, mm-hmm. York in a little house uh, in uh, a lockdown. Roy and I spoke and I've always had lots of ideas of things about sponsorship and all the rest of it and just when I started doing Dum De Dum apart from the, the several problems we had with internet connections <laughs> and things it, Royfield is like talking to an old mate I feel like I've known him all my life he's such an easy guy to talk to yeah. and so you know it just flows for me and I do waffle sorry I'm waffling now aren't I <laughs> Yeah, but I'm in charge of editing this week, not Royfield, oh, yeah, so it's it's staying on, it's fine. <laughs> and one of the things, you know, going back to Jen's call, I mean, I love her, the contact that I've had with Jen. She's such an interesting person. But also, I have to say, the dum de dum family for me in the last two years have kept me sane. Kept, the people have kept me thinking positive, kept me thinking, you know, we're all with you. We all struggle. Lots of people have tears in their lives. Mm. And, uh, you know, I can't help it. I'm sorry. I know I kind of seem to always come back to it, but it's something that's been very big to me. So uh, the Dumpty Dum family for me is, you know, so close. So people you've never met, but they're my real brothers and sisters. So, And I can't wait until April. <laughs> <laughs> well, and there's any family where they're in the good and, and the bad Absolutely. to you know, celebrate or commiserate. Absolutely. It's, it's what it's all about. It's lovely. But uh, yes. yeah, so thank you, Jen, for that call. Yeah, brilliant. And now we have a call from Brian, who is thinking it has all gone a bit weird over Christmas. <laughs> Hello, all. It's Brian. Happy New Year to everybody. I missed the first few episodes this week. Um, but I've caught up now. And I have to say, there is an awful lot of plot threads going on this week i had trouble keeping up with it all you got tony and his guitar you got brad and chelsea on the uh, proposal or non-proposal we've got the george and his crush on fallon or not crushing Fallon, but probably crushing Fallon on fallon jill and back at brookfield the end of the coat gate business it's all a lot of things but nothing of very much of sub- substance yeah, I said last week everything seems to go a bit weird over um, Christmas with the storylines. Case in point on the Tony and his guitar business, I thought, ah, oh, they've given the guitar to Tony, which he didn't really want. He's given it to David, and that'd be the end of that storyline. Nope, no, Ledger smashes it, so he's going to fix, now got to fix it, which is another thread to go through. Yeah, it's all very odd. But, uh, yeah, it's been a really exhausting week. Hopefully things will settle down <laughs> into the new year, but... Uh, yeah, that's all I've got to say, really. Have a lovely new year, everybody. And uh, I'll speak to you again soon. Bye. Yeah, happy new year, Brian. And thank you for that. Yeah, I agree. It's all a bit weird. I, I dislike this week between Christmas and New Year. And I think those bitty stories, too many little stories. And as you said earlier, uh, Philippa, yeah, we're waiting for something big, but will it happen? Yeah, uh, 
Again, I, I agree with you, with Brian. And Brian, thank you for that call. It's lovely to, to hear from you. What is going on with this proposal? I mean, why uh, why do they think it's a good idea to talk Tracy out of marriage in the thought that then she'll accept a wedding proposal? Uh, it defies God, belief. I do think that this... OK, this is my idea of what's going to happen for New Year's Day when we tune in to listen to it on Sunday evening, that Brad and Chelsea are going to have to, I don't know, get some fairy lights out and arrange a way of getting Tracy and Jazza together and sort of getting them both to propose. It's going to be cringy, but I think they're going to have to get involved because they've made such a mess of it. Yeah. I just don't understand what yeah. they're thinking. Yeah, I agree. It's all very cringy and it's just like mm. kind of, oh gosh, where are they coming from? Yeah. We'll have to just see how it comes out in the wash. We're used to people falling off roofs and having babies and all sorts of things at New Year. This this is not what we want. We want some drama. Mm, maybe. <laughs> or not. Maybe that's just me then. Maybe oh, people yeah. are just happy. Yeah, with, yeah. Yeah. You go for the drama and I'll just sit with the, uh, <laughs> the calm. <Okay. laughs> well, next we have our Claire from Clapham, who is concerned about the dynamic with the Grundy parents. Hi, Dum to Dum. It's Claire from Clapham here. A very happy new year to all. And uh, a very big hello to Philippa, who's helping to host this week. Um, so one of the things that I really liked this week in the Archers was how will and edge just get on with each other and now a lot of the time that i've been listening to the archers they've just been at each other's throats all the time you know and i just think that it's a real indication of the change that we've seen since will's attempted suicide um about the way that their dynamic has changed the way that they worked together and that fallon felt that she could go to them together to talk about george and that they worked together um yeah, sort of going, oh, well, you know, he's your son. Oh, well, he lives with you. Uh, but, you know, like basically, you know, there's a time when they would have been very bolshy about being the person who's mm. the kind of key person in George's life, or whatever. But now they're so much better at supporting each other and getting on with each other. And Ed's being encouraging to Will about doing his Christmas story for the Chronicles and so on. I thought that was all really lovely and just goes to show how relationships can get better over time. Um, uh, even when they're estranged. So that's all nice. And But on the Christmas Chronicles, why would Linda be asking Pip on the day of the event to say, oh, can you show up at six in the tea room and do your story? Like that's, I mean, I, I know that everything in the village is last minute, but that's really last minute. And like, we all have our moans about Pip, but she's a working single parent. She's got stuff to do. You know, like she can't just necessarily show up at any particular time. Um, and I think we talk, they all take for granted that this all stuff happens at the last minute. And Linda's got this reputation for being this great organiser, but she's often very last minute about these things. Anyway, uh, speak to you soon. Keep up the good work and have a good new year. Yeah. So what did you think about the William and Ed with Fallon conversation and then moving it on to George? Yeah, I think Claire's absolutely right that it's nice to see that the dynamic between Will and Ed has calmed down and they're not vying for the attention of being of parenting George but yeah I was a bit bewildered why Fallon I don't know I just I wouldn't have gone if it was myself to to Ed and Will and talk to them if if I was Fallon I'd have just said something straight away to George just to sort of nip it in the bud yeah yeah she's a she's a grown woman for goodness sake why why did she go running to his father's 
No, I didn't understand that either. But uh, we, you know, we don't know what that's going to lead to. But I didn't like his reaction, George's reaction. No, absolutely not. And we've got a call about that later on. But yeah, it, it, yeah. it was quite strange. But this... The book, The Christmas Chronicles, or as Kenton called it, Chronically Chris- Christmas. My question is, <laughs> yeah. why do you launch a book the week after Christmas when it's a Christmas book? Surely you launch it the week before. So people order it for Christmas presents. Everyone's getting festive. Once you're past Christmas, people don't necessarily want to hear as much about it. Yeah, I know. And you should know these things, uh, Philippa, <laughs> Mrs. Uh, QuickBook Reviews. <laughs> but I agree with you. And, and in fact, all the way along, all the way through December, I kept saying to Royfield, what is going to happen with these Christmas conicals? It was kind of created by accident. And then... Um, pfft, yeah, what's she going to do with them? So obviously it was a thing at the tea rooms. So it was a way of getting people in the village together. But a book, really? You need more than uh, Will Grundy and Pip. Uh, but I agree with Claire. You know, it's all very last minute. Yeah. How can you make the cut at six for six for five o'clock in the evening for six o'clock in the evening? Well, and Linda's asking Pip, and Pip saying no, she couldn't make it. And so Linda said, "Oh, there's tea and cake." And Pip was saying, "Oh, I'm in. I'll do it." I thought you didn't even ask what type of cake. No, exactly. Yeah. She's you. She's you. That's just exactly what you would. Yeah, do. Yeah, but that would have been my question first. What type <laughs> of cake are we talking here? How much buttercream is there? But I, again, with this book, I don't know. Has Linda been? waiting for it to arrive from the publishers or has she just run it off on a photocopy or handwritten it? I think it's a photocopied thing at the moment Mm, but for next Christmas we'll see a whole big production so we'll see. It's one that's in the balance I think Philippa at the moment. Well I await it with an equal amount of interest and fear. (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) Now we've had four calls so we need to tell you that the best and easiest way for you to record a message or a plot prediction is to go to www.speakpipe.com forward stroke dumpty dum. Now, don't forget that T in the middle. And you will also find a link in the show notes. Or you can send us a voice note via WhatsApp on 0044 696. Now, please, we do need your calls in by 6pm on a Sunday, UK time. Do keep your call to a maximum of two minutes and bear in mind you need to be at least 18 to take part. Don't worry, folks, we should be back to normal by next week. Well, I say we. <laughs> Jacqueline and Royville will be back to normal by next week. We, we definitely should be. <laughs> but don't forget that we do need your help. That includes Philippa and other presenters of Dum De Dum. There are three things you can do. First of all, if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button on Apple iTunes or whichever podcast streamer you use. Secondly, please give us a five-star review and it'd be hugely appreciated, but especially if it's on Apple iTunes. We always bang on about Apple iTunes, but it's the one. And finally, the third thing is that you could consider becoming a Patreon. Now, Patreon is a way of tipping creators and there are different levels with different rewards. If you go to patreon.com and search for dumb tea dumb we would be 
It's absolutely tickled pink to have your support. You can also go to dumtdum.com and hit the donate button, just like Joanna Smith Joanna Smith did for this show, and you become a sponsor of our weekly show. But before we go back to our calls, don't forget that you can also send us a written message via WhatsApp to that same number, 0044-7957-167-696, if you don't fancy hearing your voice being broadcast. So now let's get back to our calls. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And we have Catherine, who has been much missed and is back to tell us what has irked her this week. Hello, it's Catherine phoning in for the first time in about a year. What a joy to see Philippa on the cast list. Maybe we could uh, one day get Quentin back as well. He's probably under a pile of Christmas cheese in the corner. Uh, slobbering around. So poor old Quentin, let's get him back too. That would be really good fun. Um, right, firstly, Ardil and Lily. So Ardil must be mid-30s, I'm reckoning, with a strangely even more wooden-sounding voice since his little break. And Lily, I would say 21 maybe since her stint with the kitchens. Um, that's quite a quite a gap, isn't it, at that age? But they've got that thing going on, you know, the whole rom-com I hate you, I hate you, until they decide that they actually love each other. But just imagine if they got together, what a power couple. There would be Grey Gables still confusingly shut for the longest ever renovation in any kind of (laughs) small-scale country house hotel. And then Lily, with whatever the name of that place is that she lives in, would be brilliant. Does Ardil own Grey Gables? I got the impression he was a manager for somebody else. But it seems so long ago since it all started that I can't remember. So that will be worth watching. Rosie and the school mums and the homework thing. What a nonsense. I'm a teacher, admittedly secondary. We've been told not to set homework. The idea that a primary school, A, sets homework for reception class and B, over Christmas, is just a nonsense. And I hate all that spider stuff. And no one gives a toss about (laughs) stupid Rosie. Talking of which, we haven't heard of Henry (laughs) for ages. Um, I'd hoped Rob might come back one Christmas, but no, I don't think to happen. Um, And... Then lastly, Fallon and George. I fear that this is going to end up in a really tricky storyline. 
I think Georgia's being set up as a sort of weirdo predator because I think Fallon is going to be assaulted and all eyes are going to fall on him mm. and it's all going to be one of those long-running storylines um, that we all actually enjoy. So um, Happy New Year, everyone, and so excited to see you back, Philippa, and well done, Jacqueline, for keeping the show going. Bye. Oh, very good. Oh, thank you so much, Catherine, for that. Yes. yes. And Quentin, hello. Miss you, my co-hosting pal. But yes, Jacqueline, what do you think about this theory about George being set up as a predator? Well, it's very interesting because I didn't like his reaction when uh, uh, his two fathers told him that Fallon... And then the, the meeting with Fallon, uh, where he was actually mm. vicious... And um, we know he's a baddie. We don't like him. I don't like him. Do you like him? I don't dislike him, but I don't like him. I'm suspicious of him, I think. Yeah. So it'll be very interesting to see where it's going. The idea that Fallon will be attacked one dark night on the streets of Ambridge and George will be in amongst the suspects. Yeah, exactly. It wouldn't surprise me. I think it's a good call, Catherine. I also like her uh, saying about Ardil and Lily. They are a power couple because they're both very determined. I mean, I know he's managing um, Greg Gables and she is absolutely the ultimate power person. She's got a... She's focused, isn't Mm, she? Yes. So, well... Have to wait and see. And this comment about it being Grey Gables being shut for the longest ever renovation. <laughs> I agree. It's been closed longer than I haven't been hosting Dumpty Dum. It. What is going on? Yeah, but it's not very long. It's not very long, really. In the in the um, we had work done here in at the beginning of 2022, and it took. I mean, it's just one floor of the house with three rooms in it. <laughs> and it took uh, two months to get all the work and everything back up to scratch. So, I don't know, maybe a whole hotel. And there was a whole conversation, wasn't there? Oh, you've left the... You got rid of the extension. So it's major, major work. So, you know, I'm not I'm not so impatient as Catherine, <laughs> if we could say that, Catherine, sorry. <laughs> um, I think that the works are on a scale, but... As a, from a commercial point of view, of course, it's rubbish, isn't it? You know, you buy yes. a hotel. Where's the money? Where's the money? Exactly. You miss, but also they missed the summer. They shut yeah. down at the beginning of the summer holidays when people would be in Borsetshire for their uh, summer breaks and celeb- family celebrations. And as it's been said already, you know, there are bedrooms in the hotel and yet Ardil is staying away with Linda. Oh, yeah. I just... Oh, crazy. <laughs> is he still there? I think we've lost the plot on that one. I, I believe he's still there <laughs> singing in the shower, but uh, <laughs> but we don't know. But no. Well, thank you, Catherine. That was wonderful. And now we have Richard Beveridge, our very own Biffo prop, who's calling from the Isle of Arran, where it is so windy, it's actually hard to hear all of his message. But hopefully you'll get the joyful gist. Put simply, Richard has a fascinating view that Leonard is not actually human, but he's Jill's guardian angel. Hello, Philippa. Good evening. Celery, bonsoir, madame Dapto. I do hope you're both well. It's Richard Beveridge here. Biffo Pop, Biffo Pop recently restored to the Twitters. Um, greetings from the windswept Isle of Arran, where Mrs Biffo Pop and I are spending a period between Christmas and New Year. Hypothesis that Lennox doesn't actually exist. He's helped Jill through a great recent crisis and helped her stay, especially uh, behind the wheel at high speed. And by default, he's become Brookfield's body of angels. 
witnessed uh, care and support for Ben over recent weeks, especially when Vince was given out to him in the pub. He's uh, decorating the rooms for Ruth, who would probably put the paint on upside down, and he's probably about to effect a miraculous cure for Tony's guitar. Um, as we stand at the gate of the year, I wanted to wish all Dutchy Dubbers a happier, better, and healthier 2023, especially Philip's dad. Tickety Tom. <laughs> Oh, that's so sweet. Wasn't that lovely? Yeah, I should just yeah. explain. Um, my father has a connection to a school that Richard is also connected to, and we've got to, to know each other through Dumpty Dum, which is lovely. So thank you so much for that, Richard. And I love how he signs off, Tinkety Tonk. Tinkety Tonk, it's lovely, isn't it? What do you think about Leonard being guardian angel, Jacqueline? Well, he's definitely a Mr. Do-It-All, isn't he? I love Leonard. I just love the character of Leonard. I love his voice. I love the actor's voice. You know, he can do no wrong. I just, the only thing for me is, why is he with Jill? And maybe that is the answer. He is placed there by Phil to guide her in a better direction. The only thing he didn't do that I was expecting was to talk Jill round about what happened with Ben. I know Leonard is very careful about getting involved in family matters and he's very yeah. respectful of that. But I did think at some point there might be a conversation with him just saying, oh, well, you know, just showing the other side for her to con to consider. But uh... yeah, it's possible, possible. But in fact, I think you say he's very respectful of the family dynamic. He's happy to do practical things, but doesn't want to get involved emotionally and has to has left Jill to do her own thing with the family. And I think it worked out perfectly well for them. All forgiven, obviously, even even Ruth was forgiving. Yeah, yes, indeed she was. I love that theory. I'm going to listen again with <laughs> renewed interest in Leonard to see what happens. So, Richard, thank you. And we, we hope you got off the island safely. I think you were travelling back today. So I hope, hope the wind subsided for you. But uh, So do I. You don't want a ferry crossing in this wind. Oh, no, you had a, a bit of a one travelling back from uh, England. I did. Yeah, I did. Back on uh, Wednesday night, I... I struggled in September with a ferry crossing and I thought oh god that must be the worst ever oh no <laughs> no I'm never traveling between Christmas and New Year ever again <laughs> <laughs> so there we go oh dear <laughs> well with all that's been going on with Ben and the Brookfield gang I think we really need to call on the professionals and who Absolutely. better than Witherspoon our highly qualified psychiatrist <laughs> Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling Tossed salads and scrambled eggs Mercy Greetings, Philippa, Jacqueline, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here A happy new year to all I need to have a word with Rosie's kindergarten teacher And while I'm at it, with the scriptwriters About child development Four to five-year-olds are perfecting the ability to color in the lines and draw pictures of basic faces and bodies. How could they be expected to create complicated dioramas of fairy tales? I know this hopefully brief storyline was meant to poke fun of interfering parents and online local moms groups, but maybe wait until Rosie's a bit older to explore this. I do have a confession. When I was in second grade, I believe, I had to create a diorama about Bambi. It included a beautiful figure of the aforementioned deer, and I received the top grade for it. But indeed, my father did most of the work, and I felt guilty about it for the past 56 years. This connects to Rosie's grandfather, David, 
and his own parenting skills. I like David, but he can be emotionally tone-deaf at times. On the other hand, what he and Ruth are going through is challenging. I definitely agree with Ben's decision to take a medical leave of absence from his studies. I've seen this situation and have recommended that course of action many times in my practice. In the interim, Ben working in an assisted living facility seems like a great idea. David is careening all over the place between overprotection and tough love. I would recommend, with Ben's permission, that David and Ruth talk with his counselor and or psychiatrist for guidance about the best ways to support Ben through this. And I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, no, oh, what a good call. As always, mm. very professional. Mm. Uh, ben and uh, the Brookfield gang, yeah, they really need to take on board the fact that Ben is being followed by some professionals. And uh, David in particular needs to take into account what the professionals are saying. It hadn't occurred to me that how important it would be for David and Ruth to sit down, as Witherspoon says, with Ben's permission, with Ben's counsellors. Mm. And, and yes, this makes complete sense because then David might just understand. I, I was very offended when he was talking to Kenton about, oh, Ruth wants Ben to do basket weaving and jigsaws. That's not, Ugh, me too. That's not what Ruth's saying at no. all. So, yeah... Witherspoon is right as always. I think the misunderstanding between uh, David and the rest of the family is that he's thinking in his own little head and he's not communicating with Ruth. <laughs> Him and Ruth, are not, but that's an interesting point, isn't it? Where is where does that uh, problem between Ruth and David is that um, a, a deep source in their marriage, or is it uh, just one of those things that you know it's one of those things that irritates him now, or is this going to lead to deeper angst about their marriage for David? That's so interesting because the explosion of the pregnancy with Chelsea and Ben was one thing, and then we've seen all these ripples yeah. already. And then if there's a, there are further ripples that then break up that marriage. I mean, when you've had a child go through such uh, difficulties, it, it mm. it's bound to have an impact on the marriage. But Absolutely. you know, then they could go for counselling themselves as a couple. There's so much that could be done. But as yeah. you say, David just doesn't see it but in fact i think i'm going to jump in and take a part of your script because i think the next call is from jen our ambridge pony club she's back and she's focusing about david and his immeasurable failings and we're kind of touching on that with our conversation now you're absolutely right let's go to jen now greetings jen here um just wanted to call in on the ben storyline um first and foremost mental health problems are really common i'm from a reasonably large family um rife with depression I don't know a cousin who hasn't suffered from depression including myself uh, my brother had very serious issues similar to Ben uh, we've had people with addiction we've had people with all kinds of mental health issues it's time that we just recognize that they are what they are they're an illness they're treatable they're very common they're difficult you know you do need good care, you do need good support, but we just need to be more aware of what can be done, how to get help for our families and get it all sorted out and stop being so stupid about it like David Archer. Ben, I am grateful that they've gone down the line where the support he got was fantastic. He got his nurse every day. He's so well that he sounds like he's swallowed a textbook. He completely understands his condition. He's advocating for himself. He's 
repairing all the relationships, he's teaching his family. It is a bit much that he's done that in a few weeks, though. I mean, one thing I do know about these things is it can take a lot of time to sort them out. And actually, going back to college in September sounds like a pretty fantastic result, David. The David attitude, I don't like how they've done that. I understand where they're coming from, that they want to show that there is stigma and prejudice and how wrong that is, and David's being a fool. So how is a young man with mental health issues meant to feel when they're listening to the archers and they're listening to the story of Ben and his father is basically suggesting that he should be locked up in the attic and can't be shown mm-hmm. to the guests because he's mm-hmm. he, he might say something crazy. I mean, there's actually so much stigma. I think they had a duty to show the characters responding to Ben in a matter-of-fact, positive, healthy way. But that's just my take on it. Very glad Ben's better and I... Uh, hope something happens to wake up David Archer to quite how appalling he's being. Mm. I 100% agree with everything that Jen said about David and his attitude. Yes, I do. I mean, you know, David has the emotional intelligence of an earwig, really. (laughs) Good good allergy. He's just old school, head down, keep going, keep busy, and it doesn't work. And although it makes me very angry to hear David saying all of that... In a way, I think it's useful to have it there so that people can see that that view is wrong. And I hope yeah. that that does help educate maybe other parents who are, you know, going through it and maybe taking the wrong view on what their children are going through or a friend, whatever, that I just hope it helps to highlight the wrong way of doing it and the right way. Because if it doesn't, yeah, then exactly. then why is that in That's there? Very good. Very, very relevant. And David said, you know, when he was cooking the Christmas Day lunch, all it takes is planning and organisation. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. Thank you. I'm very good at planning and organisation, but I can't cook for my life. So, no, it doesn't. (laughs) No. His views are just wrong, but... He's black and white, isn't he, David? Mm. But I have to say, this week, the conversation he had with Kenton was less um, acerbic than they've had in the past often they bicker and there's a kind of underlying I'm better than you or you're the youngest child you're the one who got the farm or I'm the I'm the uh, relaxed playboy or whatever but we didn't have that this week it was much uh, much more even conversation so you know maybe we're trying to show David in a a reasonable light because in fact he's very unreasonable it just yeah (laughs) it must be hard to act those lines I think when you know your everything goes against what that person is saying but that's part of acting yeah I guess so Yes, sir. Well, thank you so much, Jen. That that was a superb second call from you. And on a lighter note, we had a call that came in a little late last week, but we were keen to still include it. Our Francesca hasn't called in for a while, but she's back with a very unique take on <laughs> Ardil and his love interests. Hello, hello. It's Francesca here in Cardiff. Um, I haven't called her in a red for a while, but um, I've been listening lately to the Ardil and lily storyline and i thought to myself didn't the last uh thing we hear from ardil be that he was sniffing around kirsty and that kirsty was also interested in him so then it got me thinking well we haven't had a polyamory storyline on the archers as far as i know so wouldn't it be cool to have ardil with both Kirsty and Lily. <laughs> that might be a fun thing. Hmm. Fun? <laughs> yeah. 
great idea, Francesca. It certainly made me sit up and think. But oh, well, Kirsty does a job share with Rex, so maybe she'll do a couple share with Lily. Yeah, maybe. Oh, dear. <laughs> I don't even want to go there. I'm sorry, Philip. I, 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 think, I think this is one that we'll uh, park as a good idea, possibly. Um, we'll wait for the script writers to pick it up and um, we'll discuss it at a future date. But, Francesca, good to hear your voice Great, again. Yeah, yeah do, do call in again. Yeah, good plan. So that's it. We've gone through all our caller inners and we have one email message. Yes, it's Purple Pumpkin and she writes, Hi, Jacqueline and Philippa and Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's your pal Purple Pumpkin emailing in with a thought about Ben's storyline. As well as the incredibly rapid recovery, I've been very struck that neither Rory nor Beth seem to have made contact with Ben. This is a small village and everyone seems to know what has gone on. So would his former best friend and former girlfriend not have sent him even a note i know rory and ben fell out over julianne but they were so close for so long and rory can often be very kind so i'd really expect him to have shown up and that's not to mention the girls on ben's course who we heard about when he was with beth here's hoping for some pals for ben in 2023 thanks for all you do for the podcast and wishing all dumpty dummers a happy and healthy new year Yeah, healthy Jacqueline. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't manage to You're mute fine. my thing before oh, I sneezed. I'm really you. sorry. I did use a handkerchief. <laughs> Wipe down the microphone. <laughs> Purple Pumpkin is quite right, though. Ben needs friends that he can have a laugh with and talk to without every word yeah. being overanalyzed. You know, just people to kick things around with and just. I agree. I agree. He needs Rory, but also, as um, Purple Pumpkin says, you know, those those girls that he apparently gets on well mm. with on his course, they need to be around supporting him and encouraging him about going back in September. So let's we'll just have to wait and see on that one. But a good uh, email in. Thank you very much. Yes, um, absolutely. Purple Pumpkin, our Theo. So now let's hear what our Facebook posse have been talking about on the Dumpty Dum Facebook with our fabulous Sue to tell us what's been going on. Hello, lovely people. It's Sue here, Queen Otter on the Twitters. And on to the Dumpty Dum Facebook roundup for the last week in December. It's only a short one today as we prep for the end of 2022 and the start of the new year. We now have, let me tell you, 2,224 members. The special episode this week brought out calls for hearing the old Ambridge voices requested by Jane Gage and others, but it sounds like most of us would like to hear them again. There are a couple of old audiobooks on Audible, including one on Brian and Siobhan's affair I can highly recommend. Christy Nicholl asked, what's going to happen with the Brad and Chelsea stopping the proposal? She said, I'm thinking just the two of them will crash the date and end up doing the proposing. Seems just smaltzy enough for the end of year archers. I do like Rob Williams' suggestion. I have a feeling that Jazza and Tracy may just have a touch of the real world about them and actually speak to each other and have tweaked what's going on. I think they'll either come back engaged or wind Chelsea and Brad up by saying they split up. Well, that's going to be interesting to see. Melly Merriweather put up a link to a hilarious interview with a ferret <laughs> trouserer, which ended with him being bitten in a rather tender place. It's very well worth the watch. Ruth Pearl continued her experiments with scones or scones <laughs> and which goes on first and she has concluded to jam but the argument will roll on forever. Kate Lyle 
admitted that the problem is that in all the wrong things, David is right about Ben and the B&B, just the wrong reasons. And Andrew Stewart said, David and Ruth strike me as the archetypal British parents. They're basically kind and well-meaning, but get everything wrong. Is that a metaphor for life? Thanks everyone for your contributions this year. And I wish you all the very best for 2023. Oh, brilliant. Thank you, our Sue. And that's great for, um, yeah, there are lots of conversations going on. So if anybody out there is not a member of the Facebook group, and I know lots of people don't do Facebook, but it's really worth joining Facebook if only to join uh, the Dum De Dum page mm. because there's lots of discussions. And that horrible video from uh, BBC Sheffield about the wretched uh, ferrets <laughs> a la Grundy <laughs> oh, made me shudder. I can't stand anything like that. <laughs> Did you see it? I, do you know, I think that's the one thing on the Facebook group I haven't seen. I'm there all the oh, time, so I don't yes. know how I miss... I think my phone must automatically hide things like that from me, so I yeah, don't... you wouldn't to... like it, Philippa, I can tell you. <laughs> No. No. <laughs> no, no. But thank you to everyone who's posted their thoughts on the Dum De Dum Facebook group. And this week we have three lovely new members. So let's wish a very warm Dum De Dum welcome to Anne Stevenson, Kavita Pillay, and Drew Hamilton. Drew, I thought you were on before, but if you weren't on before, it's it's good to have you. I think on. he's a he's I think he's a comer backer. Oh, okay. Well, well, welcome back to the fold, Drew. Anyway, this week everyone has <laughs> been too busy with the festivities to leave us a review, but there's always next week. Please don't say anything bad about me. Royfer will be back next week. You'll be fine. <laughs> anyway, we can be found on Twitter under the name of at Dumpty Dum. We always include the Archers, capital T, capital A hashtag tag so the visually impaired can enjoy any archers based tweets also that hashtag is your opening for the tweet along both in the evenings and during the omnibus i can always be found at quickbook review with a three not a w but royfield is so over twitter so don't even go there and i'm at jberto sanguine so please try and include at Dumpty Dum in your tweet so more people get to see it, which helps to keep our community growing. And I think we're going over to Thea for yes, of the week. we are indeed. Hello, Philippa, Jacqueline and Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's Purple Pumpkin here with a selection of tweets of the week and one tooth of the week. I must say Mastodon is not really taking over from Twitter yet. And personally, I'm hoping that with Mr. Musk stepping away from the blue bird, we might have Twitter back as a safe space for the archers tweet along, with all the old regulars back next week after the Christmas break. But first to Mastodon, where Molwyn at Molwyn at toot.wales tells us she really enjoyed a radio drama written by Katie Redford, who plays Lily Pargito in The Archers. You can catch up with that. It's called Christmas Wings and is on BBC Sounds. On Twitter, there was a lot of speculation about why Ruth would think that David feels guilty about Nigel, when in fact he also killed Jethro Larkin, who I think was Clary's father, and also an unnamed badger, the latter definitely deliberately. Cosmo at Cosmo 100 is the best source to follow for all long-term story recollections. Also on Twitter, Master Jack Archer, at Titchener Baby, is keeping a lot of us amused over the group rounds of a World Cup of the Archer's characters, with each group stage map represented by a fixed-duration poll. 
At the time of writing, Chelsea is killing it in the Horobin group, group three. And so to the Twitter medals. With thanks as ever to anyone who tags at Dumpty Dum to make sure we see all the best tweets. In bronze position, it's newcomer at Bagwaller. Ruth and David say, Ben must find some work, but not that work, but also avoid work while getting out in the world and also hiding away. Real parents say, we have no experience in this and no idea about what's good for our recently suicidal son. Shall we ask a professional? Oh, Bagwaller, I think you haven't been in Ambridge long enough. Paging with a spoon. In silver, Sarah Mattox at Sarah underscore Mattox says, I hope George doesn't proposition his mother instead of Fallon. And in gold, it's our own Ambridge Pony Club at Jen J. Stephen. In the next episode, it turns out Leonard is an experienced life coach and family therapist. He sorts out David and Ruth while repairing the guitar and repainting the living room. I definitely leaned at Leonard in my life. That's it for this week. Hope to see you all in Twitter in 2023. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Theo. Mm. That was brilliant. And I agree. I think I need a Leonard in my life. Do you, Philippa? Oh, my goodness. The thought of having a guardian angel. I know. <laughs> just love that. I, I mean, Leonard can't draw a picture. He's not very good at his painting. No, or, but if he can talking. do walls, then that's fine. Yeah, exactly. We'll forgive him that. Yeah. Uh, yes. He'll be doing Rose's projects soon as well, you know. He'll have taken over the whole thing. He'll be doing the milking as well, so, you know, he's here to stay. He's here to stay. Thank you, Phil, for sending him via uh, via Richard Beveridge. So uh, don't forget we are also on Instagram and it's at dumdydum. So do follow us there. Thanks as ever to all our contributors and to our social media supremos, Shambridge for her voices and to our podcasting godmother, Lucy V. Freeman. And so probably that's a wrap, but can I wish you a very, very happy new year, uh, Philippa, to you and your family? Oh, thank you. Are you what are you doing this evening? Do you do a, a party or do you just um, pyjamas in front of the telly? Oh. Yeah, I'm not a late nighter. I'm a lark, not an owl. So I will Ditto. be going, Ditto. going to bed early. I'm not <laughs> up to staying for midnight and all, all no. of that. So, yeah. Of course, you have a, a podcast to edit before, <laughs> before you can even go to bed tonight. <laughs> Exactly. There'll be no New Year's Eve for me. It'll be editing it, but never, never mind. But Jacqueline, thank you so much for putting up with me this week. Uh, putting up with you. It's you that's doing all the heavy lifting there with the editing. It's been an absolute delight to meet you for the first time and speak directly with you. I know we've messaged a lot in the past, especially about books, but... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I hope that we'll have the um, opportunity to meet in April yes. with the Dum De Dum slash Academic Archers meetup. And um, then we can both beat uh, Royfield Brown to a pulp. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Well, Happy New Year to you and yours, Jacqueline. Happy New Year to all the lovely Dum De Dummers. Thanks so much. Take care. Ditto, ditto.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.